hearing from heaven and learning to recognize the voice of the Lord. Um, what you just observed, if that's new to you, is uh, be primarily most of what was verbalized was the gift of prophecy. It's a very simple thing. It's really God speaking but using someone else's voice, mind, and faculties to do so. So I don't say that braggadociously. I say that because it's simply a working of the Holy Spirit. So could I just, uh, just I do this as a matter for, for not to build my own self-confidence, but for others. Uh, Austin Hunter, uh, I've never met with you personally, deeply, person to person, but what the Lord spoke through me to t- today to you, did any of that resonate with you? Yes, are you nodding? Yes, all right. Billy and Samantha, did any of that feel like it was a fit for you? Yes, they're nodding. Yes, McPherson's, was I off target? All right, all right. I just... Just confirming that everything is right and in order here. All right, praise God. Um, Today we want to pick up where we left off last week. We've talked about a number of things already with hearing God's voice. We've got several weeks left and excited about what's to come. But uh, we want to just quickly review what we covered last week. We started talking about what are the results. When you begin to hear God's voice, what are the results that you can anticipate? And last week we covered a couple of those. We're going to finish those today. The first we talked about was communion. Do you remember this? We read from Revelation 3.20 when the scripture said, What? Behold, I stand at the door and what? I'm knocking. If anyone will open the door, hear my voice, open the door, I'll come in. We'll have fellowship with one another. We'll sit and have a meal together. Uh, one of the results and the purposes of hearing God's voice is because he wants to desperately have communion with you. And our walk with him is to be a two-way conversation, not a one-way chat, just a two-way conversation. And in order to do that, we need to learn to recognize his voice. And God desires communion. That's what we are created for. We're created to glorify God and to walk with him and to commune with him. So that's the first purpose. The second result is direction, guidance, spiritual direction. One of the most common questions that Christians ask today is, how... Can I know God's will for my life? How do I know where to go, where to turn, what decisions to make? And I suggest to you that one of the principles that you can employ is learn to recognize that God has placed on the inside of you, as a Christian, a spiritual GPS system. A way that you can receive guidance from the Holy Spirit. And we find plenty of scriptures that support that. So one of the purposes is God wants to give you direction to know, to seek him, to know and sense what direction should you go. The third purpose that we want to get to, and this is fresh today, is number three is personal growth. You might say, well, what does hearing God's voice in its various ways, what does that have to do with me growing as a person? I believe that We are always on a journey. Our spiritual lives are a journey. It's not a a straight line, by the way. It it ebbs and flows, and sometimes it circles around. But we are to be on a journey, a discipleship journey of growing closer and closer to the Lord, becoming more and more like Jesus. Someone say amen. More and more like Jesus, behaving like Him, walking in all of His authority, showing his character, that's Christian development and growth. But I found an interesting thing. Hearing God's voice aids in your personal growth, your spiritual development. 
Maybe you've never thought of that before. I've given you one scripture right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 12 says, What we have received, speaking of us as believers, what we have received is not the spirit of the world. Thank God. <laughs> what we have received is not the spirit that rules in this world, but the spirit who is from God. His name is the Holy Spirit. But the Spirit who is from God. Why? So that we may understand, literally grasp, comprehend. So that we may understand what God has freely given to us. Did you know that a part of your spiritual growth is simply discovering what God has already given you through Christ Jesus? Most Christians struggle because they've never found out how rich if you will, how wealthy they are in Christ Jesus. So God wants us through the revelation of the Holy Spirit to make new continued discoveries of what he has freely given to us. You still, none of us have a clue at how much God has given to us, and it's a daily adventure to discover it more and more. And one of the ways you discover it is through hearing his voice. Now, there's another scripture I want to introduce you to, and you, many of you know the scripture, but maybe you've never thought about it in this regard. It has to do with faith. There's a lot of areas that we grow in, but one of the areas in, uh, in one of the epistles, it says we go from faith to faith. The idea is, is that faith should be a growing substance. There is the faith, that, the measure of faith, the, the, the saving faith that we're born again with. But after we are saved, after we come to Christ, that faith is supposed to grow. It is faith like a fruit. And the faith is to grow continually. And by the way, the more faith you develop, the more you can accomplish for God. Many times the challenges we meet, our faith level is here, the challenge is here, and we have a deficiency. So the idea is we want our faith to keep growing. Keep growing. So how does faith grow? There's a number of different ways, but I wanted to point out one of them today. Faith is developed and grows by hearing from God. Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing. Y'all know this verse, many of you, don't you? Hearing by the word of God. Listen, just, just think real simple with me. Faith comes, grows, is imparted by hearing the word of God. Now, I don't want to digress into language study this morning, but I'll simply say it this way to you. In the scripture in the New Testament, which was originally written in the Greek language, there's two primary words for W-O-R-D that we read in our English Bibles, W-O-R-D. One of the words is logos. And the other word in Greek is rhema. They're totally different. You might say, this can get really confusing. It's one reason that learning a few little study tools is helpful. But faith comes by, in this particular passage in Romans 10, 17, the word for W-R-D is the word rhema. For example, in contrast, in Hebrews chapter 4, when it says that, uh, uh, that the word of God is alive and active, that is the word logos. The logos is the general revealed word or the written word of God. Rhema is different. Rhema is the activated word of God 
through the spoken voice. So a rhema is God's spoken word in general sense. It is God's spoken word, whereas the logos is the general or the, the scriptures. So isn't it interesting that here in Romans chapter 10 and 17, when the theme is about faith, he says faith comes by hearing the word, the spoken word of God. Do you know what this means? This means if I can train my spiritual ears to hear better, and I can begin to tap into hearing more and more, hearing God's voice. Every time I hear God's voice, there's an automatic response. What is it? My faith pumps. I hear God on something, my faith pumps up. God speaks to me and says, see that person right over there? Go talk to them. Now, how many of you know sometimes that can be intimidating? You're like, I don't know them. The Lord didn't ask you a question. He told you to do something. Right over there, go talk to them. Did you know that if you allow it, if you're receiving of God speaking to you, along with that word will come a measure of faith to boost your faith, to handle the challenge of the moment? So it might be you've got the faith to step out on it, but we just have to obey it. The idea is we have to hear and follow and obey. It's not enough just to hear. We've got to walk on it. So when you begin to hear God's voice more and more, it will boost your faith every time. Sometimes when we're waiting on God, we need to wait on Him and seek Him and wait till we hear from God on a matter. When we hear from God on a matter, then we can step out of the boat on faith. Until you do, you may be walking on presumption. You've got to be careful. So faith is increased by hearing God's voice. That's a wonderful reason to hear, isn't it? Let me give you another one. Number four, protection. We live in a dangerous world, and we have an adversary. First Peter 5 tells us, the devil who is our adversary, who seeks who he may devour. It's just the reality of the Christian life. He said, you know, before I came to Jesus, I didn't have all this problem. He said, what, what's going on? Now you have someone, the enemy, who is working against you constantly, to take advantage of you, constantly to tempt you, constantly to create trouble, chaos, problems. Now, some of our problems we create ourselves. Come on, someone say amen. But the enemy is out to destroy you. You weren't, listen, before you came to Jesus, you weren't a threat. Dear, you were on his side. Now you're walking with Jesus. Now you're all of a sudden, you're a threat. And so... We need to figure out how to walk in the safety and the protection of the Lord. That's a very important part of our Christian walk. There's a lot of aspects to this, and I, I think uh, meditating and claiming Psalm chapter 91, which is a wonderful chapter about the safety and the protection of the Lord, is a great one that you should, that you should uh, consider reflecting on when you're thinking about needing protection or safety. Uh, but I want to suggest to you uh, today that God is interested in protecting and providing safety for us. One of the ways that he does it is when we hear from heaven. Remember I told you that um, the inward witness of the Spirit can act like an alarm system? And it's like all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's like walking out of uh, Lowe's and, the, and, and all of a sudden it starts beeping at you thinking that you stole something. You're like... You know what I mean? 
Y'all all done that? Uh, it's kind of like that same beep. You know, it sounds different to everybody, but there's, there's signals that God will cause on the inward part of you. He's placed there when you're getting close to danger or when there's something to be concerned about. Bells, whistles, and buzzers, signals will begin, alarms, if you will, will begin to go off. Sometimes very quietly, other times very loudly. We need to learn to recognize that and abide by it. Let me tell you a story. Carrie loves when I tell this story. Um... Many years ago, many years ago, I was preparing uh, a message, had already prepared my message, and it was a Saturday evening, and I was just praying. So I was ready for the next Sunday morning to, to preach and minister, and so the message was ready, and, and I was just uh, spending time with the Lord, and out of my time of just waiting upon the Lord, being still in His presence, the Holy Spirit speaks to me. So it was the voice of the Spirit, so I heard this very clearly. And the voice of the Spirit said, Son, beware of the strange woman. Just like. Now, some of you that may not mean anything to, but if you spend enough time in the book of Proverbs, you know that the book of Proverbs speaks a lot about the strange woman. And the strange woman is a woman that deals stealthily in temptation and is a temptress and uh, has to do with sexual temptation. And anyway, I don't need to uh, digress anymore. You understand. So I had read Proverbs enough to know exactly who the strange woman was speaking of in Scripture. And that's all the Lord just said. Just beware of the strange woman. I'm like, where is she? You know, that's all I heard. So I remember even that night before going to bed, I said, I whispered to Karen, I said, you know, honey, that's kind of funny. I said, tonight. I was just praying. I just felt like the Lord said, beware of the strange woman. She looks at me. I mean, she was like, she, she looked intently and she said, you better, you better listen to that. <laughs> How many of you know that our wives can play Holy Spirit sometimes? Y'all know what I'm talking about, all right? So she was trying to help the Holy Spirit out a little bit. So I, I didn't need it. But anyway, uh, she was trying to help out. So I'm like, honey, really, I... I'm just telling, I'm just sharing with you what the Lord, little did I know that the next day after the service, I preached, I had a great service, God did some good stuff, and after the service, it was typical, uh, I enjoy being able to greet people at the front door, but in this particular church, I usually got captured by people at the front of the, of the church, and so people would come and talk to me immediately after the message, and, and this particular Sunday, uh, a lady came, first time guest, she came up to me, and, and there were other people around, but she came up to me. She said, oh, Pastor Hill, that was so dynamic. That was just, I mean, it's just what I needed today. And she just went on and on. I'm like, you know, kind of like, okay, can we get on with this? And then she said, uh, she said, I need to talk with you. I've got some personal needs, and I really need some godly counsel and i think you're the one to give me the godly counsel when she said that penny it was like it was like something rose up in me and went ding 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 <laughs> warning 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 and it was almost like i could hear the voice of the lord saying strange woman <laughs> she didn't look strange strange woman so I'm like, you know, 
And I said, you know, I appreciate your inquiry. i tell you what I need to do. I've got a young lady right over here. And I said, she's going to sit down here with you and talk with you and pray with you and provide you. She's be much better to counsel you than I would today. So would you have a seat with her and just chat with her? God bless you. And I walked away. <laughs> now, do you see what happened? I was protected. Now, you think that may be funny, and it was a little funny after you think about it. But how, of, how many of us know that strange women have taken many a man down? The Holy Spirit was concerned enough about me that he would warn me the day before. Tell me, beware of the strange woman. I'm not sure what I would have done. Jim, if I hadn't had that night before warning, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I hope that I would have had enough sense, but maybe my, maybe my compassion would have overridden my good judgment and, and I might have you know, met with her and talked with her. And I don't know. But the point is that God warned me. How? Because I heard his voice. Hearing God's voice can provide you amazing protection. There's one more that I want to give you. These are the results and the benefits of hearing God's voice. In some ways, they're the purpose. Number five is ministry effectiveness. Ministry effectiveness. Now, let me set it up this way. We believe that every believer is called to be a minister. I didn't say a vocational full-time minister, but every believer is called to minister. Historically, that's what the Reformation was partly about. It was that there weren't just specialized priests here, but it was that all of us as believers, we're priests unto God. Every one of you. Have a ministry that God wants you involved with to minister, whether it's to share the gospel, whether it's to serve, whether it's to minister uh, healing to someone, whether it's to share words of hope or life or whatever it may be. All of us need to live with a ministry mindset. So what I'm getting ready to talk to you is not just for a specialized few. It's not just for the evangelist or for the pastor or the prophet or the teacher or whoever. No, no, this is for every one of us. All right. So we're all called to minister, right? I want to tell you that hearing God's voice is a vital key that unlocks the door to effective, fruitful ministry. Can you minister without it? Yes, but only at a certain level. God, listen, God is so desperate to change people's lives. He'll use, he'll use anything to get people's attention. He'll bark through a dog. I mean, he'll do whatever he needs to do in order to communicate with people and to, and to get their attention and to help them. But God wants to empower you and me to be ministers, to be used in the lives of other people. We see a number of scriptures in the New Testament. We're not going to turn to each of them, but you can make note of them and read them on your own. Uh, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just highlight uh, uh, one of them for you. Uh, in each of these cases, they're clear cases of where the Holy Spirit spoke to one of his disciples and they acted on it. Remember last week, we talked about the example of Ananias and Paul and how that Ananias was just the average Joe in the church there at Damascus. But the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, I want you to go and pray and lay hands on Paul. He's over here at this address. And he went 
and he prayed for him. He spoke the word of the Lord over him. He, he, the Lord healed his eyes, filled him with the Holy Spirit, sent him on his way. Wow. It's an amazing story of an average Joe being used by God's Spirit to minister to the Apostle Paul. Wow. Amazing. Uh, in Acts chapter 8, we see the story of the Ethiopian eunuch. You remember the story? And it's a story when Philip was, was being used of God to bring revival to Samaria. And, and the Lord came to him and spoke to him in a vision and said, I want you to go and stand out on this particular highway. So he obeyed what he saw in the vision. And by the way, a vision is, is, kind of a, is not the same thing as a dream. In a dream, you're asleep. In a vision, you're awake. Right? So the Lord speaks to him in a vision says, I want you to go and stand up by that highway. He did. He obeyed. He obeyed the voice of the Lord that came through an extraordinary means. And he went and he stood out on the highway, just obediently, waiting. Can you just see Philip just standing out there waiting? Just waiting. <laughs> just waiting. And all of a sudden, the Bible says, all of a sudden, there was a chariot with an Ethiopian official, a eunuch in it, who was coming back from worshiping in Jerusalem. He was a God-fearing man, but did not know the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit, the Scripture says, the Spirit told Philip, chase after that chariot. I don't know about you, but I might argue with that. I'm like, you want me to what? You want me to run after that chariot? It's being pulled by horses. You want me to go chase after that chariot? That's the one. Go after it. Philip takes off. I'm not sure if he had supernatural speed that day, but I, all I know is that he took off and he ran towards that chariot. And they must have noticed Philip jogging along behind him trying to catch up, and they stopped the chariot, and he came, and he found that the Ethiopian had opened the Scriptures and was reading from the book of Isaiah. Philip said, would you like some help understanding what you're reading about there? He was reading about, it was a Messianic Scripture, promising something was going to come through the Messiah, Jesus. Philip immediately said, oh, he's already come. Let me tell you about it. He told him all about Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and what he had done and how he had already died and been raised from the dead. And at that very moment, the Ethiopian eunuch said, I want to accept him as my Messiah. He said, well, there's no reason to, that we shouldn't just right, take advantage of this moment and just baptize you right now. So in the desert, have you ever stopped to think where the water came from in the desert to baptize him? I've never figured that one out. All right, but anyway, somehow they were in the desert, but he took the Ethiopian and they dunked him in water, baptized him immediately, and the moment that he come up out of the water, who knows what happened to Philip? Zap. Pew. The Lord just moved him geographically in the spirit from there somewhere else where he needed to be. One time I remember I was praying. I digress. I was praying for a moment about that, and I said, Lord, how come I, I've never had the chance to be translated. That would be so cool. Well, that'd be cool. I, I just want you to zap me like that, where I'm right here, and then rather than having to go uh, through the tunnel, I could just be zapped and be home. <laughs> Traffic's heavy today, Lord. You know what the Lord said to me? The Lord said, when you become as valuable to me as Philip was, I'll do, I, I'll do things like that. I guess I still have not become that valuable to him because it still hadn't happened to me. But anyway, the point is that that was a supernatural work where God was using Philip to change the life of an Ethiopian so he could take the gospel to his whole nation. Because what? Philip heard God's voice. 
and he obeyed it. I want to share with you a couple of stories. A number of years ago, I was ministering at a church uh, outside the country um, uh, on a Car uh, Caribbean island, actually. And uh, we'd been ministering for three or four uh, nights there. And this was, I think, the last evening of ministry. And uh, I think I've told this story before. Some of you have heard it, but it was so dramatic. The Lord spoke to me, and I, I was praying before the service. I said, Lord, now what are you going to do tonight? And um, so the Lord put a few things on my heart. I wrote a few notes to myself that I felt like the Lord was prompting. Some of these were just promptings, discernment, and some of them were actual words, articulated words that I wrote down. And so when I, uh, one of the things I wrote down is I felt like the Lord wanted to do some, you know, some kind of dramatic miracle of healing or, or a mirac an act of a miracle. So uh, there weren't that many people in the room, actually. And, uh, but I was just trying to really pay attention, got through ministering the word, and we were just praying for people, asking people who needed prayer to come forward. And so all of a sudden, I watched from the back, and an older lady had a younger lady. Uh, she was a teenager, 13, 14 years old, and she was helping her to the front, walking down the aisle. And I noticed that she was very obviously limping. Her leg, her left leg, was totally paralyzed. She got to the front. And it was just like on the inside. Do you remember what I told you before? You remember what I said back then? So I'm like, oh, but Lord, this looks tough. This is not, you know, this is, <laughs> I was thinking maybe something lightweight, but this is tough here. <laughs> so here comes this young lady, teenager with a paralyzed leg. They came up and I said, oh, what's the problem? The grandmother turned out to be the grandmother. Grandmother spoke and said, my granddaughter um, was born with this leg paralyzed, completely paralyzed. And uh, she, she can't move it. And it really has never been much of a problem. She's adjusted her life. But now as a, as a teenager, it's really begun to affect her self-image. It's really begun to bother her. And um, when you ask for people who wanted prayer and wanted to ask Jesus to do something extraordinary in their life, she said to me, can, can we go receive prayer? So here she is. So I said, well, let's pray. So we simply grabbed hands. We prayed a very simple prayer. I just spoke faith words over her and just prayed for Jesus to heal her and do a miracle. In this case, she didn't need a healing. She needed a miracle. I mean, that was a, that was a miracle she needed, right? Prayed for the miracle. I said, God bless y'all. And uh, that was it. She walked back to her seat the same way she walked up. Walked all the way back to her seat just like that. I've learned many, many years ago not to jump to conclusions when it comes to the, how God does things. And uh, just because there's a delay doesn't mean there's a denial. And many times, manifestations are progressive in nature too. So I've just learned not to pay attention to that stuff. Week and a half, about 10 days later, I received a phone call from the friend that invited me to go and minister there. And he called me up and said, Brother, you are not going to believe what I'm getting ready to tell you. I said, Come on, give me a try. He said, I was in the, a store in the market yesterday and he said there was a woman that came running all the way across the store and said brian 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 and he came running and he's about six foot five so you can't miss him and came running and found him she said and grabbed home and said i've got to tell you what happened i've got to tell you what happened it's fantastic do you remember when i saw you and when when uh, dr hill was praying and ministering and prayed for my granddaughter who had the leg and he goes oh yeah i remember i remember she said let me tell you what happened just a couple of nights ago he said what she said, it was in the middle of the night. I began to hear screams from my granddaughter's bedroom. 
And I ran in there thinking, something's going on. She's hurting. She fell, something. And when I ran in, she was sitting on the side of her bed, just sitting on the side of her bed with her legs hanging out, just screaming. And I said, what's wrong? What's wrong? She said, it's my leg. It's my leg. She said, what's wrong with it? She said, it's burning. It's on fire. She said, which leg? She said, my limp leg. The leg that's no good. It's just like it's on fire. I couldn't even lay there anymore. And her grandmother had enough discernment to think, hmm. She said, let's do this, honey. Let's stand up. She just grabbed her hand and said, could you just stand up? Lifted her up on her, on her legs and said, just take, try to take a step. And all of a sudden, she took that left leg and she took her first step. And then she took another step and then another one. Within a matter of 15 minutes, she was walking around her bedroom. Her leg was fully healed, fully restored. All of a sudden, she had life come into that lifeless limb, and she was whole. And the grandmother couldn't help but share that rejoicing testimony with her friend. Now, we know that God is God. What I want you to get is the connection, connecting the dots between bringing heaven to earth in the act of things that are extraordinary. I mean, how many of you would say that was effective ministry? A pretty effective ministry, wasn't it? Now, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about the setting. It wasn't about the location. It was about how, how it worked was simply this. I heard. I stepped out. I believe that there was probably some faith that rose up in me as a result of hearing that helped my faith like we were just talking about in Romans 10, 17. And they responded, and it was this moment where God was ready to meet her at that point. And touched and healed her. But that may not have happened then and in that manner if at least I hadn't heard and acted on what I heard. That's ministry effectiveness. Tell you one more story and we'll close. Carrie and I are blessed with one grandson and three granddaughters two sons and uh, our oldest granddaughter who lives in Atlanta southeast I mean southwest Atlanta um, has always been from the time she was young very spiritually sensitive very connected and um, her parents are godly and they've taught her well and put her in the right environment to grow and learn and uh, when she talks about the Lord, when she talks about God, she calls him Papa God. That's, that's how she talks about it. Papa God, this, Papa God, that. It's really, really cute. Some of you probably ought to start calling him Papa God, by the way. But anyway, um, so her name is Jocelyn. About six months ago, I get a call, and it's Jocelyn. She is now eight years old at that time, and she was seven. And um, she said, Poppy, she calls me Poppy, 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 I've got to tell you what happened. I'm like, oh, I'm a little nervous. Oh, what, what, what's wrong, honey? What's wrong? Oh, it was great. And she begins to tell me the story, and I'm like trying to hear. She's talking so fast. I said, and, and so then in the background, her mom pipes in. She says, let, let, me, let me see if I can fill in the blanks. What had happened is that, that earlier that day, Jossie said to her parents, they were both in the car, and they're driving somewhere, she said, Papa God said something to me. She's in the back seat. 
This is a seven-year-old. Papa God said something to me. So both of her parents have learned. Well, what did, what did Papa God say? Well, he showed me a lady. She's in her car, and she's in the parking lot at Walmart. It's just down from where they live. And they said, what? Showed me this lady. She's in this car. He showed me this lady, and she was crying. And, and so my son said, well, Jocelyn, what, what do you think Papa God wants you to do? And she said, we need to go to Walmart. Now, you know, as a parent, that's an interesting moment. Would you agree? Like, But thank God they have some level of sensitivity to those things. And they said, all right, honey, we'll go to Walmart. They drove to Walmart and said, now, Jocelyn, when you see the car, they said, do you remember what color the car was? She knew exactly the color car, knew exactly what it looked like. It was a vision. And so they went through the parking lot until Jocelyn said, there it is. That's the car. Drove right over to the car. There's a lady sitting at the steering wheel of the car with her head down on the steering wheel, weeping and crying uncontrollably. They walked up, prayed, and said, Lord, show us what to do here. They walked up to the car and carefully knocked on the window and you know, frightened her a moment. She, and, she, and they just said, this is what they said. They said, I don't know how to tell you this, but our, our daughter there, uh, she just had a vision, and she saw you here in your car in this parking lot. And so we're here because we're messengers of, of God's love. She began to open up, tell them what was going on. They prayed for her. God touched her. I don't remember even the whole part of the story. God touched her, answered her prayer. They ministered to her, invited her to their church, and, and the rest uh, went on. Jocelyn was so pumped. She was so pumped. She could not wait to call me. Poppy, let me tell you what Papa God did. And she was so excited. And I got off the phone and I thought, she heard from heaven. She heard from heaven. But what was the hearing all about? To connect them to a need. Because God was so moved about this woman. He was looking for the most available person who would receive divine direction to go and minister to that lady. And it just happened to be a seven-year-old girl. How many of you know there's no child-sized Holy Spirit? It's the same Holy Spirit in a seven-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 70-year-old. Amen to that? Amen. Ministry effectiveness can be catapulted into the realm of extraordinary, taking you out of just good Actions and good works taking you to a whole nother level if we learn to tune in to the frequency of the voice of the Lord. Would you stand to your feet with me? Would you pray with me this morning? Once again, I gave you an assignment last week. Those of you who are here, I asked for you to, to do some listening this week, this last week, to take some time to listen and to journal, to write down some things you heard. 
I'm just curious, how many of you remembered to do that and actually wrote something down that you felt that you heard? Would you raise your hand? Look at these hands. I would love to have the time to ask you what you heard, but it may be private. That's all right. But I'm just encouraged that you would follow through. What I want you to do this week, listen carefully. Here's what I want you to do this week. Do two things. I want you to experience, to pray to the Lord, to speak to you about directing your steps this week, to direct you into situations where you can be an effective minister. And then I want you to pray that you will have an ear to hear what the voice of the Holy Spirit may say that will enable you to minister to someone's life. Maybe someone you know could be a stranger. Would you do that? Try it out this week and see what God may do for you. Can we pray together? After we pray, if you need ministry, you need prayer, uh, if you want to come to Jesus today, you don't know him personally, we have uh, prayer uh, workers here at the front. They're ready and, and willing ready to minister to you and pray with you. Father, it's so good to just connect with one another, fellowship with one another in the body of Christ. It's good to hear from you. It's good to be able to worship corporately. Uh, We love worshiping you in our own personal time, but to do it together corporately as a family of God is so special. And uh, we love that. Thank you for showing us your heart today in so many different ways. Lord, we just make a decision right now that this week we're going to tune our ears into hearing more accurately, specifically in the area of direction and guidance. And Lord, help take our lives and use us as ministers. And Lord, we're willing to hear your promptings. We're willing to hear your voice. We're willing to even have visions and dreams as you would direct. Use us, Lord, for your glory. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. If you need prayer, come forward. Otherwise, you're dismissed.